that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Good afternoon and welcome to the Race Hour podcast in association with bookmakers.com and kindly sponsored by the tote.co.uk, home of the £1 million place pot for every single day of the Cheltenham Festival. I'm Darren Hughes and filling in the host seat for Dean Ryan this weekend. Delighted to be joined by the lifeblood of the Race Hour himself, Mr. Dermot Nolan. Uh, Dermot, we're halfway through day one as we speak. If you've got any major financial updates to report uh, as a race four we're actually sitting in the play spot which is i won't say a first for us but uh it's right up there <laughs> yeah our play spot record somebody tweeted into the race hour to say that your play spot podcast is an embarrassment uh well look like the other million people in it we're still in the, the play spot today anyway uh but no look we have a few lines going i mean we had the we obviously had marine national the first we had the three places in the arkle we've had two places now in the ultima and uh, we obviously napped constitution hill which makes complete sense so yeah we're still going but yeah no darren uh, a great day so far thank god uh marine national i was all over him now for weeks uh, last night the confidence behind uh, fast vega really did put the yips up me but i um i held at that point there's absolutely no point doing anything else and uh, the ground's better than they thought as well so that that handled him but look very good horses just win these races darren and uh he was more than good enough it was a brilliant ride i thought as well but he was just a much much better horse and um, the arkle was thrilled myself with saint wa i put him up at 20 to one at the preview night so he he ran on great for third tried to see dice our dynamo up and the winner el fabiolo he could be another freak i mean he could go to gold cup trip maybe you know he, he really does look something special at uh, the ultima uh felt for backers of fast or slow we were oh, kind of put him up yesterday in the podcast yeah. but korat rambler probably had a bit in hand still that was a great ride by Derek fox and he just kind of bound away and then darren the constitution hill man he's just an absolute freak and we were talking off air just there a minute ago and the person that won't get any praise for this obviously because constitution hill look i probably could have won a constitution hill Hill today, and I'm carrying a good few more pounds now than I was this time last year, even. But uh, Constitution Hill, I just, I, I really like how Nico de Bainville just keeps it so simple on these hot pots. He's a real punter's friend when he's on a favorite like this. Uh, he, he just keeps it simple. But Constitution Hill, like, I haven't seen a horse who has everything. And I mean, like, Cato Starr and all these horses were absolutely amazing. And he has, he's a bit to go yet, obviously, until he's up to that kind of a great level. But he's probably one of the greats now, just based on what he's done so far. But, Darren, his hurdling technique is absolutely gorgeous. He's a gorgeous brain. He, you can do what you want with him. Like, Nico asked him to go up and meet it and then go on and do it. He can be held up other days. He's just, I, like, it's very rare that you get this really talented horse. Usually they're kind of full of themselves and they have a bit of, you know, a bit of quirk Attitude, to them. Yeah, 100%. He doesn't even have a quirk. Like, he, he'll he do whatever they want him to do. He struts around the parade ring. I don't know. I think oh. we are looking at a, I wonder, a bona fide great here. Is he a bit thick? Do you know how to say all oh, great horses, they have a bit, as you said, they have a bit of an edge to them. Like, see, the stars was, John Ox always said, highly intelligent and... Sprinter Sacra had a bit of attitude. I'm wondering, is this that just riddled with talent and maybe a little bit too thick to even realise it? He just goes about his business. Do you know what? I, I, don't, I mean that in the nicest no, way but, possible. No, but, but I get you because, no, but they're usually the, the dreamer lads to have. And I know some people wouldn't be a big fan. It, it, it kind of reminds me of uh, Luis Suarez. I always find it very funny when he obviously had done that brutal bite at the World Cup and was banned for all that time. And then he was coming back and he wanted to leave Liverpool, but he couldn't then because he couldn't get a transfer out or whatever. And they asked the Uruguay manager, they said like, oh, will Luis Suarez, like, you know, 
will he not play well this season now? And he said, oh, no, he's too stupid. Once he's a ball in front of him, he'll be fine. And, like, there is, there, there is genius in that too, and that he just wants to do his job, and he's got a jockey on his back who will keep it as simple as possible for him as always. Like, there's no fear at the moment of Constitution Hill being knocked over over by another horse because Nico's just keeping it that simple. But even yeah. at that, he's he's intelligent enough with his feet and everything else. But just technique-wise, I can't remember a hurdler who met every single hurdle, hurdle like this. Like, every yeah. one, he's low, he's barely off the ground, but there's no fear of him falling. I don't know, he's, he's something very, very special. Yeah, well, look, he's he after, really bu- he's after booking the, f- is it 50-year trend there, the first Supreme winner to win the championship. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. The, that Bula was the last one, Stuart, that was 1972, I don't know when it was, but like, straight away there, <laughs> that's, a, that's a record in and of itself, bro. So, like, straight away, he goes down in the annals of racing history. He, he has to go over fences now, Darren, doesn't he? Off with the help of God. He has please, to go over fences, yeah, please, he has to. It'll please. be unbelievable. Uh, now the way Michael Buckley is talking, I think that's a, a reasonable chance that might happen. Uh, the, the horse handler might be a little bit harder to persuade, but I think for for the good race, look, Hendo's in the departure lounge at this stage, he, and I mean that again in the nicest way possible. He's not going to have another Constitution Hill. So no, on. yeah, hundred percent. And the one thing that I'll say for Nicky is is that you know he 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 arguably broke Altior that day, taking on surname uh, Sprinter Sacra, took on the senior horses. In his novice year, right, um, so you know, Shishkin is up to two and a half miles out of nowhere. The one thing that you will say for Nicky is that maybe compared to other trainers, Nicky can be very slow with weird types of horses that he won't run. Like like Santini barely got a run out of him and, uh, and stuff like that. But when he's a very good horse, he tends to run them. Like, you know, he brought Sprinter Sacra over to punch them that time, but there probably wasn't a need to do it. You know what I mean? Definitely not. Um, Definitely not a need to. Yeah, no. you know, so he, he like... We're looking here at Great's territory. He could well be like a Don Run type horse, really. And like next season, God, like you'd love him to go straight to senior company, but the horse is only six years old. Yeah, he's he, that's like, the thing. He, a lot of novice herders nowadays are seven going to Shedman. This dad is only Honey six. Suckle was seven. Yeah. She was seven for her first one. Hurricane Fly was seven for his first one. So yeah. it's yeah, he's got a year in advance. Look, I think if I if I had. A gun to Michael Buckley's head, or if I had some way of influencing his thought process and Nicky Henderson's, my dream would be bring him to Punchstown, bring him to Ireland, show him off, let him absolutely dog up around Punchstown, put him away, and bring him back and and, and win the arc with him next year. I hope Buckley starts taunting Barry Connell now and that we get Marie National against uh, oh, Constitution. <laughs> Barry Connell would do it. He'd definitely do it. But see, the thing is, he'd do it. For, for Constitution Hill to go down is great. He needs to run against that caliber of horses. If he's beaten trees, which he hasn't done up to now, but I mean, you know. He hasn't, because no, even John Bond ran well today and he hammered brilliant. him last season. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, but he needs yeah, to yeah, keep yeah. doing that. That's why Carter Star was brilliant. It's why Sprinter was brilliant. It's why Dem- they did these unbelievable things against other really, really yeah. good horses yeah. and that's what Constitution Hill needs to keep doing he's been doing it so far in his career I, I, I'll never crab him again I didn't crab him yesterday to be fair but I did no 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 you didn't you were, you, you were just looking like that was the punter in you yeah. but the Marine National the other thing that has to be said is that Barry O'Connell now I'm sorry Barry Connell deserves an awful lot of praise yeah big time um, takes an awful lot to stick your head above the parapet you could say that the usual stuff of you know he's a nice horse and hopefully we go well I understand why trainers are scared enough now to, to come out and say something but Barry Connell went on at the races and sure he it was like he was sitting down to watch the replay today. Yeah, honestly. Talking. Best horse, and best rider. Was... That's what he said. And he was right. <laughs> yeah, literally. Best horse. He said about Goodland tomorrow as well. Like, Goodland shortened all the time. And you can see why. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, look, a brilliant, brilliant start to the festival. And it was kind of nice now to see Barry Connell and Michael O'Sullivan win the first, not, you know, Paul Town and Willie Mullins as well. Absolutely. And look, at that is only half of day one behind the Sturmo. We do have three more days of what is 
the WrestleMania version of horse racing ahead of us. And day two kicks off with probably not, maybe not race. It's not just as exciting as the Supreme, potentially every bit as exciting a winner uh, if Imperial Pass goes and does the business. Arguably the horse of the preview night circuit. And as such, he's trading at about 13 to 8 here. Hermes Allen is a 7 to 2 poke to get involved. Gaelic Warrior 11 to 2. And has the market forgotten Goodland, who has today been punted from 13 to 2 into 3s? What's your view in the race as it stands? This race has hurt my head all season simply because like it's 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 just this is arguably uh, was a deeper race in the supreme i actually think the supreme is actually quite a good race now when you look at it the, the right horses fill the frame but this horse sorry this race is very very deep impaired pass could be anything like i'm not a huge fan of him yet but hopefully he is um good land uh i love him i think he's he's brilliant um i i'm i really do i've kind of got warmer now as the days have gone on particularly after today Hermes Allen like he's looked a freak so far Gaelic Warrior I couldn't have him with uh Dean Ryan's money I I couldn't back him uh he he jumps right and I just can't have him for that reason Champ Kylie is a talking horse Brian Hayes put him up today Danny Mullins was uh raving about him as was Tony Mullins because of Danny um and then even like the more more you go down like oh my lord has no right to be involved here but he was very impressive last time this is a serious race but Impaired pass could be very, very special. Mikey Fogarty was talking about him in really Faheen-type terms. Um, and Mikey rides him at home, absolutely adores this horse. Uh, David Casey's been talking about him like that. Ruby Walsh has been, he napped him for the whole week. Um, but the way Goodland won, or sorry, the way Marine National won today, uh, Kieran, Kieran Con- or sorry, Barry Connell was raving about Marine National, but Michael O'Sullivan has actually been more raving about Goodland Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm happy to follow them in again. I've been talking about Goodland for quite a while, so I'm happy to stick with them. But I would be again lying if the the yips about impaired pass isn't setting in, Darren, because he just he looked brilliant last time, didn't he? Absolutely, yeah. And to be honest, the, the, they weren't wrong about Fasil Vega. They were they were right to get as heavily involved as yes, they did. I yes, think that's yes, that's the yes, sickening yeah. thing about it for for the for the people who did play in at, at fancy prices when he when he drifted out, but. Uh, yeah, I think it's going. To, it could be well, it could well be a race to savor for us tomorrow. Uh, be very, very interesting to see how it goes and see if Barry Connell can uh, hit the target with only his second bullet of the week. Uh, we'll move on to the two ten and uh, to paraphrase one of my favorite songs, "I Bless the Rains Down in Cheltenham." Jerry Colom has gotten his perceived favorite ground here. He's a general thirteen tape poke off the back of it. Uh, Sir Gerhard has to make an experience, no object at ninety two. The real backer is about six to one poke, and Gallia Delato has been the one for money. Also backed on her favourite soft ground at about seven to one. Uh, I'm a Jerry Colomb fan here. Dermo have been for a little while. Uh, what about you? What way do you see going? Oh God, I I I put up Jerry Colomb last year at about thirty three to one down for the Albert Bartlett, and I was yeah. heartbroken when he came out because that day at Down Royal he was exquisite, and it was forgotten because the the, the racing wasn't um, the the race wasn't on TV, so it was um, because. Down Royals always dropped off because of how busy racing TV is. And he was just exquisite that day. Dennis O'Regan was on a podcast afterwards raving about him. And this season, he's come out and he's just been foot perfect. Like, absolutely. His jumping is beautiful. Last time at Sandown, Balco Coastal took him out of his comfort zone a bit pace-wise. But his jumping just kept him in it. Going up to this trip is going to be absolutely perfect. It really, really is. Um, I don't think... Many of the others, I don't like the rest of the field, to be honest. Um, like, the real whacker is, 
like it'd be a great story Patrick Neville we crack a story he's beaten nothing Gallia de Lito needs a definitely more bottomless than this like that's where her talking came up because Dan Skelton was very keen on her um Time Hill has ran one good race over fences he's a brilliant horse don't get me wrong uh, but I can't have him either the one I'd have to follow Jerry Clome home is adamantly chosen. I would have much preferred him now in the Turners, especially with the ground drying out some bit like it is. But he should get home all right. He's always shaped like a horse that kind of that would stay. And talking to Brian Hayes today for his bookmakers.com article, he's going to ride this horse cold enough again to get the trip. And if Jerry Colomb is as good, Darren, as you and I think he is, he probably will have burned off an, an awful lot of these by that point. Sir Gerhard, on ability, has every chance, but he jumped so badly last time that I just can't have him for this after one start that bad. So um, Jerry Colomb, for me, wins wins all day, Darren, and I would have adamantly chosen to follow him home. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with any of that. I think Sir Gerhard is... is, is but to be honest, he's arguably the most talented horse in the race. I'm not saying he is, but yes, there's an argument yes. to be made for it, but really really hard to back him off the back of Goran Park though like you'd, you'd, you'd like the fact he got the job done despite not jumping brilliant but yeah I, I think I'm inclined to agree with you I, I think the uh, the safe play and the, the the wise play from a punting perspective has to be Jerry Kalam even at the available prices which I can see shortening all the time between now and tomorrow uh, we'll move on uh, the most straightforward race of the week Carl Cup just 9-1 to one the field uh, run for Oscar narrowly shading favouritism sorry 8-1 to one. Uh, Dermot very hard to be bullish this year if we're honest do you have a strong view unbelievable oh Jesus yeah unbelievably hard um, this is this is a, a, a unbelievable race as always Carl Cup it, it, it just breaks your heart every time I remember having uh, been being chinned by Thomas Henry and everything else it, it's a it's a proper proper race and they actually need to stay um, I like one of huge odds. Sometimes, Darren, the, the in-form horses can be forgotten by the market here. Um, and Red Risk um, has been very good this season for Paul Nichols. Harry Cobden's on board. Um, Harry Cobden won't get the praise that he deserves because the horse only finished fifth. But if anyone watched the, the Ultima, the ride he gave Oscar Elite there was an absolute beaut. Uh, the horse got there two out from the, from being dead last. He's, he's just he's a sublime, sublime jockey. And we're very snobby, us Irish, about English jockeys. But he is up there with any of them. Um, and Red Risk... Um, he's just in great form. He's running race after race. Um, he'd be one. I'm on Comprand already this season, but he'd be a win-only bet for me because I think he'd either wins or, or finishes last. He's had a very strange season. Um, so really at the moment, I used to love Benson and Sandy Thompson has turned him inside out, but I kind of reappearing quick enough. Not a race that I'd be going mad in by any means at all, Darren. So uh, red risk each way, a 33 to one or so is the one that I'm happy to go in behind here. Yeah, again, I think anybody who would even attempt to claim that they, they're, they're bullish about this is uh, <laughs> deluded, uh, unless you absolutely know one is about three and a half stone well in. And even at that, that doesn't mean they'll win at the Gentleman Festival. Uh, I would take a flyer on Langer Dan. Uh, he's obviously running in this instead of the boys' race this year. Uh, very, very unfortunate a couple of years ago to bump into Gallop and Deschamps. And, you know, last year was kind of a non-event from... He somehow got down to a favourable mark. I say somehow, I think we all know how that happens. But uh, it's almost like the handicapper has taken pity on him for how unfortunate he's been. He obviously dotted up an entry last year. And I give him a right chance uh, of winning here, though, with the obvious um, obvious danger of the fact he is an English horse in a handicapper. In the <laughs> we both think his horses there. Actually. Yeah, which yeah. is remarkable, really. But uh, <laughs> anyway, we may, we may end up tipping another English horse here at half past three. It's one of the matches of the week. With Edward Stone narrowly shading favouritism at six to four over an argument at seven to four, um, I'm right in saying, Darren, well, you're an Edward Stone uh, fan here. Yeah, last season, or like 
I've been taking this horse on non-stop, Darren. And last season, you were the one laughing at us on the podcast before the article, and you said, lads, you're dopes, just, just back them. And you were completely right. Um, and uh, you were absolutely spot on. I, I, I took him on with magic days, yeah. I really didn't believe in him, obviously. But the uh, he's a top-quality horse altogether. Uh, the run last time was... Was excellent. The softer ground brings an urgent mean right back into it, definitely, because he handled that horrific day last year. Wet Wednesdays, they called it perfectly. Editor De Geet, I'm just really scratching my head with my. I don't know what to do with this horse. Um, so definitely, Darren, from a win point of view, and I know you'll wax lyrical on now a, a minute about it, because I know you absolutely love Edwardstown. Um, but the ground isn't as bad as we thought it was. I would have liked it to be rattling quick for him, but Nube Negra can place here. I think he's, he, he's a frustrating horse, but he'd be one that could definitely place. He's, um, he's a enigmatic old soul but aren't we all and he's uh he he's just he is talented enough he should have won a champion chase already and that's me saying that as a put the kettle on fan and i backed her that day but nube negra probably should have won that day um he's a horse that dan skelton was very very positive on and he thinks that he'll run a better race than he did before so nube negra for me each way is a tiny play because you only have the two places here but edward stone there and i'm i'm more than behind you yeah, look, to be honest, if a gun was put to my head and I was asked who had more natural innate ability, an argument or Edward Stone, there's a fair chance I actually might say an argument. But I yeah. just think in terms of professionalism, in terms of a horse who's been here and done it in a decent race, obviously last year, Edward Stone, um, ground now coming back in his favour. Uh, it's very, very hard to back an argument after his performance at Cheltenham in uh, in late January. Now, look, no better man to turn the back inside out than Woody Mullins, but... Uh, this is Edward Stone's uh, pretty much his last chance saloon to win a win a champion chase. To be honest, he's nine rising ten. Going to get a little bit harder next year. Uh, if El Fabiolo and John Bong go down this route, he has two new contenders to deal with. Though I suspect both might end up going out a bit further in trip. But I would love to see Edward Stone win this tomorrow. Uh, he's been a uh, he's I've had a soft spot for him for quite some time. And it would be great to see him and uh, fulfil his promise in tomorrow's champion chase. But uh, I think it'll be a race to savour. I really, really do. I'm looking forward to it now yeah. as much as any other race this week, I have to say. And now, Darren, the next race, I, uh, I'm i rolling in behind you here, so I'm going to be the host for a second. Uh, Darren, why are, why are you so bullish? And you're anti-post on this horse for a long time. I asked you last week on Slack here at work, uh, who was your... Um, who was your biggest winner? And you said Delta Work, Darren. Why are you uh, so bullish? Uh, Delta Work. Well, the rain is obviously helping now. Is in we've, we're kind of flip flopping on the weather here, Darren. So it's hard to know what way it's <laughs> yeah. going to go. And, and the cross country does tend to be a little bit quicker. But I, I think he is probably the best horse in the race. He certainly yep. has the best cross country form for all the Galvanist school. Well, I haven't seen that. No one else has seen it for those working for Gordon. Um, and I think he is going to be trained to the minute for this. He ran a huge race, a huge race around this course and distance in January. Uh, Rob James rode him that day, gave lumps of weight to everything. Arguably still could have won if he hadn't clattered. I think it was the second or third last. He's been unfortunate to make a mistake. Uh, and I think, I backed, I'm on a 7-4. I think, to be honest, if you're getting 11-8, to 5-4 tomorrow, I think that's still plenty fair. I'd have a shade of odds on, and I do genuinely believe this is a match race. Um, these two are head and shoulders above everything else in this race in terms of innate ability. There's some horses here who like the cross-country horse uh, and who, who I can see running a nice race in and of themselves. But in terms of actually going to win this, I do view it as a match. And I'm very much in Delta Works camp after last year. I'm convinced Tiger Roll ran to a huge figure in this race last yeah. year and Delta Works still picked him up. So Galvin has some way to go to catch him. Keith Dunahoo, magical booking for this as well. Knows the cross-country horse better than any other jockey riding the Cheltenham Festival this week. 
everything's... He rides every cost truncate. Every, I remember he won one in Call It Magic before Punchestown as well. That's right, yeah. And uh, it was an absolute peach of ride because he actually, the day before, or two days before, he'd gone the wrong course. And uh, Ross O'Sullivan told him, get back up on that horse now and fix what you did. And yeah. he um, he went out and he gave it one of the, again, an absolute peach. And even the year when Tiger Raw was beaten, Keith still had the horse tracking through to win. No, Keith Dunne was an excellent jockey, uh, a friend of the race hour. And yeah, I, I was thrilled when I saw that bookie. Look, he was a horse that's won like two Irish Gold Cups, hasn't he? And he's just, he's a very, very good horse. He is, yeah. Uh, Delta work. And uh, yeah, no, I... I I'm completely on board with you. Yeah, look, another day I could add the argument. I think there should be a ratings cap in this race, to be honest. I don't think it's a place for a former grade one winners. That's just me speaking personally. But no, same same as the Fox Hunters. Paul Nichols and Willie Muller shouldn't be training Fox Hunters. I, I don't um, think so. No, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I completely agree. This race should be for the likes of the, you know, not to offend anybody, but the likes of a Peter Maher and stuff. That's what these 100%. races were were intended for. So it's, uh, no, I couldn't agree more with you, yeah. Right. Well, we have four and a half minutes until Honeysuckle hopefully goes and does the business in the mare. So let's fly through. <laughs> we'll the, speed this up. Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. through the Grand Annual here. Cheltenham Handicap Chase, dominated by the Irish. It looks like a bookie's benefit to me. But Dino Blue, Fine Lord, is an Andy Dufresne, all in, in and around the five and six to one mark. Makes for a very open race. But you do have a strong fancy here, Jeremy. Yeah, I really like Dino Blue. I think her, her form with the Mayor's uh, Chasers in Ireland is very strong. I love Impervious, as everyone knows, and that was one of the best beginner's chases that I've seen between two two horses of that level. The two of them jumped absolutely beautifully. I still think last time behind Magic Days, I don't think that horse was off a whole pile. Uh, Dempsey's kept the right. He knows her well. Um, was a bit discerned when... Our concern, sorry, when I saw Mark Walsh jump ship, but I'm not sure... What, choices there weight wise or or whatever else so i was absolutely thrilled dempsey's brilliant dino blue jumps at speed she, she'd be fine around this course her, her experience is obviously a doubt but that's why she's so well handicapped and uh, she's only a pound higher than her irish mark yeah darren i love her here yeah yeah I'm, I'm happy to throw in i i to be honest i've taken sort of a view on chatham handicap chases i try not to have a massively strong view because i just i don't know yeah, the english yeah, form as well as yeah. as other people so if you, if you reckon you've spotted one here i am delighted to throw in behind you and then to round out the day uh we've raced it's kind of been a bit strange in the market it's for me very very weak since jockey buckets came out perceived wisdom suggests maybe patrick mullins might have had first pick and a dream to share who we said two or three weeks ago on this very podcast probably should be favorite for the race is now indeed the favorite at about seven to two patrick has gone for fact file jp's horse who was narrowly beaten by um it's for me or, or a dream to share i should say at the at the dublin racing festival um and paul Townend takes the ride on it's for me at about 11 to 2 with Willie Mullins other I say other he has 10 in the race but his next in the race is the mayor <laughs> fun 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 who's an 8 to 1 but again a race I find it hard to be bullish on Dermot but if I had it going to my head I reckon I'd give fact to find a chance to turn this around yeah I I get that completely with the hill I still think Patrick made this decision based on softer ground in his head than what it is um right. I think um a, a dream to share speed won't be blunted uh Stephen Cass was saying in our podcast last week that he's he's good friends with Gleason and Gleason was saying that the the ground Brian Gleason sorry is the the ground won't be an issue at all this horse goes very well on soft ground they they couldn't be less concerned about that at all um and I just think there's something very special about him I think he's brilliant I love the way that he barely moved his hands uh, the jockey did and the horse was gone um yeah i think he takes an awful lot of stopping saying that brian hayes uh, very very keen on his mount um and for rich richie and uh very very keen altogether and was absolutely thrilled when he got the ride so he so he said that horse is really talented quirky as hell altogether but if he straightens up and the fast speed might help him chap but the 
So right. yeah, then yeah. eighteen to one could be could be quite big there. So yeah, look, a dream to share, Darren. I'm uh, I'm quite well invested there. Yeah, I'd, uh, it'd be it'd be a dream come true, some might say. Um, and I'm, <laughs> I'm I, I I don't have a massive view. I I'm probably of the opinion the best one of these is at home in the shape of Ballyburn, but I'm I'm not the first to say that. No, I agree. Class, I agree so completely. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I won't try and take credit on that one. Um, so look, that rounds us out for day two of the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, once again, Dermo has been doing the maths in the background and has a play spot figured out for us here. Uh, I think we're at seventy something lines here, Dermo. You might just just run us through what we've got. Seventy-two lines. Yeah, we're still in the play spot for today. As said, don't forget everybody. One million pound daily play spots with the tote. As Darren, you said yesterday in the podcast, it really is just an unbelievable offering because all you need to have is one outsider come in. Everything else is out, and you're really sitting on a massive pool of money for what is not. A huge investment. You can do a one-pound ticket, pick a horse or race. It really is just so well worth it. Um, so, Darren, for our play spot, Ballymore, we went for three. We went for impaired pass. I allowed you to put Gaelic Warrior, despite the fact that I don't like the horse at all. <laughs> and good land. Uh, for the RSA, so that's impaired pass, Gaelic Warrior, good land. For the RSA, we both absolutely adore Jerry Colomb, but we've just covered adamantly chosen, just in case the unthinkable happens. Coral Cup. Um, red risk run for Oscar and Langerdown. We could well be out after that race. We could pick ten there and still be out. Uh, the champ. So that's red risk run for Oscar and Langerdown. In the champion chase, we've gone for Edward Stone and just covered Nube Negra as well, just in case that horse uh, pulls out a miracle. We then napped. We're following in the Darren News train here. We've gone for Delta Work in the cross country and then the Grand Annual to to level it all off we've gone for dino blue and darren stuck in elixir and nuts for uh who could well place a very talented horse that is 72 lines darren yeah 72 lines which listen our previous record of the place spot uh wouldn't inspire massive confidence but the beauty of a, of a bet like the place spot is if you only need to hit one or two of these a year for you to be more than alive oh literally yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. i mean is it it, it, can, it can quite literally be life-changing money uh, for very very small stakes, which is the, which is the beauty of gambling and what gambling should be all about. I think fun bets that can you know if you get lucky change your life, but if they don't, as a definition, the toad and the toad's fantasy as well as that as well. Eight euro or seven seven pound tomorrow, and you can get involved for the whole day. So yeah, look, the toad have absolutely loads going on. Absolutely, hundred percent, and it's the place to be. This Cheltenham Festival. The other place to be is the Race Hour podcast, which will be back tomorrow afternoon. Myself and Dermo are going to review the rest of day one. Uh, half of day two and take a look ahead to day three of the Chatham Festival this time tomorrow don't miss it we're here all week talk to you then you're listening to the race hour proudly brought to you in association with the tote check out the tote this jump season and find out what you've been missing